Welcome to the Ingenious Podcast, a snapshot of future B2B marketing trends and use it now tips. Learn to be wildly effective in professional services. Each episode features experts with new ideas for your branding and competitive success. I am here today with Pete Makalak, a founding principal, coach, and facilitator at Sage Presence in St. Paul, Minnesota. Pete has spent many years helping his clients tap into their authentic presentation style and how to communicate with confidence. His team works with companies to push through barriers to effective business development, conversations, and interviewing success. Aligning a team's presence with their business brand can result in messages that resonate with a variety of audiences. I am excited to talk with you today, Pete. Welcome to the Ingenious Podcast. Thank you, glad to be here. This might seem obvious, but I would love your opinion on it. Why is it important to have the team's presence or communication style align with their brand promise? Mm. Well, the way I think about it, a brand promise is exactly that. It's a promise. It's a it's a promise to your public that you are something in particular. And so if your team members don't fulfill on that promise, then you are providing something other than what you say that that you provide. There either there's a different experience that people are delivering or there's they're falling short in some way. And I don't know when I think about that. When um, when I when I think about that, I, it, it occurs to me that some people might say, "Well, then I guess I shouldn't make a brand promise, right?" <laughs> I, um, it, it's dangerous to put a brand promise out there because I can't 100% rely on my team members fulfilling on that. But I think that is absolutely missing out on on an opportunity, and it's also not. It, it's it's failing to tell the world that you are about something, right? You know, right. it's failing it, it's failing to to distinguish yourself from your competition. It's just sort of like hanging a shingle up and saying, "Hey, I I'm a plumber or or whatever." You know, I, I I'm I'm just this this simple provider of a service, and there's nothing distinct about me. Right. Yeah, we often see that with companies. And then how do you actually get them then on that same page so that they're actually all fulfilling that promise? Oh my gosh, there's there's a lot <laughs> in that. Um, the way we, we go about doing it is we look at personality in human terms. You know, we, we kind of we, we talk to the leaders and the owners of an organization and, and we say, if this organization was a human being, what would they be like? What personality traits do they have? Um, what do they like to do? What, um, what impression do they make on, uh, on the people that they, they work with? So we kind of reduce it into a single human being and talk about that human being like you would any other you know, any actual human being. And and we get some very distinct traits that way. Once we do that, then we're like, okay, so we need to make sure that everybody here is able to deliver a version of that trait, is, is able to, to show up um, and produce that kind of result that, that those traits produce. Right. Yeah, that's really interesting that you talk about it like in that terms. I've never heard it like 
talking about it as a human being and that when you're talking about it so that they're all they're talking about it as in different traits or some of the same traits it's then yeah. like you're producing brand consistency even though it's not like a robot they all aren't the same you still right. have some authenticity to the situation yeah. oh my gosh yes uh, authenticity is totally the name of the game yeah yeah you can't um yeah yeah you can't have somebody just do something you have you have to have them be something so it really brings us back to our roots um so my partner dean and i um before we launched this business we were working with actors and and what we zeroed in on with our actors was the name of the game for acting is emotional authenticity you can't just do an emotion you have to you have to feel that emotion um, you can't just pretend to be mad. You actually have to feel mad. So we were helping people get to that place of authenticity so that they would produce the results on their audience that we were after. And the same is absolutely true with non-actors in, um, in, in all interactions, right? I mean, um, there, there needs to be emotional truth to how we interact with folks or else the people that we're interacting with can sense it, can feel like uh, like there's something phony here. Right. Boy, actors to professionals. That sounds like a podcast in itself. I would love to hear that story sometime. Maybe over a cocktail sometime. There we go. Well, let's see. So my next question is in business development, why is that first impression and presence so important in winning the deal? I mean, I mm. know we are all struggling to win proposals and sales situations every day. So what happens yeah. here? Yeah. Well, there's um, when I think about that question, there's um, there's two really important things that, that leap to mind for me. So first thing is, it is absolutely true. Um, first impressions are really important and kind of my immediate follow-up to that is we can't um, sort of front load our interactions with so much like import so much significance that we that we blow it you know I, I, I think it, it can be overstated how important a, a first in, uh, impression is. And I think we need to kind of be careful about how we define a first impression. So um, I think a lot of people will put so much importance on it that they will feel like, okay, so when I first shake somebody's hand, when I first say hello, it has to be awesome. It has to be perfect. And they can put so much stress on themselves that if they screw up the, the handshake, it's like, oh, shoot, I grabbed the front of their fingers instead of the knee <laughs> of their hand. You know, but then that one moment can stick in their brain so much that they screw up the whole rest of the conversation. So what I would rather define a first impression as is how do you how do you leave them at the end of this whole interaction? What's the. Uh, what's the tail end of that like? So that if the first five seconds aren't optimal, you can make up for it. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, you you can have a a second first impression, or you know, you you can you can um, slide where the first impression actually occurs. Um, so so yeah, I do think it is very important to make a good first impression because um, because in this in this high speed world, everybody 
does kind of make decisions about other people pretty darn quickly, and those decisions tend to stick. But I think um, I think the clay is soft enough in the first few seconds that it's not going to solidify into something that you can't get past, right? Right. Um, so over the course of that um, interaction, you want to make sure um, that that uh, it goes well enough and it ends in a really solid spot where you feel like, okay, great, great. He, um, at this moment, at the end of that first interaction, they think well of me. So when you're working with individuals in that process, are you then working with them as well as how to end that tail end of that yeah. sales yeah. process? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, um, without exception, I really can't think of, of an exception. If you are interacting with somebody that you want a continuing relationship with, you want to make sure that the ball is in your court at the end of the interaction, that, that there is there's talk about next steps and and that at least one of those next steps is something that you are going to do. Right. That way you can create a great second impression as well by actually fulfilling on this thing that you said that you were going to do, which I think really distinguishes you from it's crazy from about 90% of the people out there. There are so many people who will make a promise and then not fulfill on it. You know, oh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm going to call you back after blah, blah, blah happens. Or, or yes, I will reach out to you. Yes, I will shoot you my contact information. Or yes, you know, whatever, I will do this thing. And then you just never hear from them again. That is, I think, the vast majority of, of people um, after that first impression. So, yeah, you, you can very easily blow that first impression by just not, not um, hitting the ball back into the other person's court, not, not fulfilling on the action that you said you would take. You know, I completely agree with you. I can't tell you how many people have told me in the sales process, Don, you always do what you say you're going to do. Cause I'll say, oh, I'll call you back in two weeks or I'll follow up with an email and I always do. And I've heard so many people tell me that, uh -huh. that I follow up and do what I say I'll do. And people, they recognize it and they appreciate it. Oh my gosh. Um, and they're surprised by it. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. Happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Isn't it? Isn't it? Um, it's wonderful how simple it can be to to distinguish yourself and surprise people. But, you know, just by doing what you said you would do. <laughs> I know. Exactly. And I have to tell you regarding first impressions and the handshake, because mm -hmm. we have taught people how to shake hands. And we always say, if you screw up a handshake, don't worry about it call yourself on it and just say, hey, let's do that again. That was an awful handshake or something. Because yeah. at least yeah. then people laugh about it because, yeah. you know, it is what it is. So yes. we all and, have and, those bad moments. Yeah. <laughs> and I got to say, I, I miss I miss that. Um, uh, I've had more than my fair share of botched handshakes. Oh, me too. Yes, I agree. I don't know what it is. Completely. Like my arm isn't long enough. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. All right. So you have written a couple books about interviewing skills for the AEC industry, architects, architecture, engineering, and construction. And we mm -hmm. actually work in that space too at Ingenuity. And mm -hmm. we love working with them. But I'm curious, how do you get left brain engineers or construction leaders to be more engaging in their communication? Love that question. Um, it's so true. Left brain folks are very logical, very 
kind of systems oriented. And I think this is kind of one of my favorite things about what we've figured out here at Sage Presence. We, we've been able to distill a fair amount of art into science. Um, we do think there is still a fair amount of art to what we do, but we've been able to create systems around storytelling and around emotional connection that we have been able to work with these very left brain folks and, and put it to them in a form where they get it and they can actually put it into practice. So um, we're not just, we're not just saying, well, you just got to figure it out. Yeah, you just got to be it, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, be it till you see it. Uh, you know, right. uh, we do like uh, ideas like that, but yeah, left brain people need the guidance, need specific things to do. And we have been able to, to break um, the, the simple activities down into specific, uh, a specific sequence of actions and they can feel it working. So. You know, I think that's really smart, and I I completely agree with you because I know even when we design logos for um, the AEC or CPA space, we they appreciate it so much if we can explain like why did you turn that that way or why is it that color or why so that if someone asks them about their logo, they have the words to describe what that means, and you know it's it doesn't have to really like be rocket science, for example, but just a few talking points makes them feel so much better about things. Yes, yeah, right. Being able to uh, uh, to rationalize something or, or give them something to hang on to is huge. Right. Yeah, it's not gonna be satisfying to them to just say, just try it. Right, exactly, <laughs> it's fine. Trust, yeah. me on this. Trust me on this, it'll work. Right. Yeah, um, yeah, they're they're not gonna trust you unless they 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 uh they experience it working, you know, right. and um and and they are looking for some like measurable evidence of work, right, or, or of success. Yeah. Um. So, what are some of your tips for helping people build a confident presence? Mm. Okay, so there's there's a uh, there's there's a little suite of tips that I'd I'd like to share here. So one of them is, in order to have confident presence, you you kind of need to have something that you are confident about. You need to feel like you have some value. And one way to get there is to start thinking about who you have value for. And what's the what's the nature of the value? So, what meaningful difference do you make for specific people that you want to make a difference for? Okay. So one of the things we do is help folks kind of wrap their brain around that. Um, it's zeroing in on the nature of the value that they provide and who they they provide it for. And one of the big things that does is it starts to get them, get their attention off of themselves and onto the people that they want to help. Mm, interesting. Second thing is we get people into a great 
emotional setting by asking them to appreciate the people that they're talking to. And one thing to understand about appreciation is that it's, it is, it's a feeling, it's an emotion, it's not an intellectual thing. And I think a lot of us kind of need to relearn that when we hear the word appreciate. It's easy to feel like, oh yeah, no, oh, no, I appreciate the people I, I I work with. It's like, okay, no, I'm not I'm not feeling the appreciation yet. That <laughs> not uh, that looks like it's in your head. We need to feel it from your heart, and and so we work with people until they're able to kind of beam their appreciation from their heart. Hmm. So what that does so far is it gets people um, out of their head and focused on the, the folks that they want to help. And then it gets people into a really good um, kind of heart set so that they are beaming something really just naturally enjoyable. Then the third thing that we have people do is um, we focus this projection, this, this positive projection using eye contact. So we're asking people to very intentionally make eye contact with the people that they're talking to, which is in general, not the automatic thing that you would think it would be. There are a lot of, there are a lot of people who, um, for one reason or another, will not make eye contact. So, you know, sometimes it's like um, eye contact creates some amount of discomfort and they kind of need to work with that. They actually need to get into a practice of making eye contact until right. until they're past their that discomfort. Uh, with other people, it's like, well, I can't think straight when I make eye contact. I, I kind of need to to go to my thinky place to be able to 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 think. Right. Um and um and then you know with like virtual interactions. Yeah, you actually don't want to, technically speaking, you don't want to make eye contact. You want to make camera contact, right? Right. Um, but anyway, uh, we, we get people to make this eye contact, and it, there is no single body language technique that's more effective than eye contact that will communicate um, confidence. If you are reaching out with your eye contact to look at the person that you're talking to, that tells them, oh, wow, um, they have some confidence about themselves. They have something that they want to bring to me. So, yeah, right. it's it's those three things that that we recommend. It's, it's understanding your own value. It's sh uh, maybe it's four things. It's <laughs> understanding <laughs> your own value. It's showing up to help. It's um, appreciating the people that you're talking to and then it's focusing all that stuff with eye contact. I love the appreciating the people that you're talking to because I don't mm -hmm. think that happens enough mm -hmm. and just even yesterday I was speaking with a couple individuals about how people just don't communicate anymore and I don't know if it's because of the pandemic or what, but it's just the old fashioned connection and it's just so sad and people don't ask about each other, which is that appreciation thing as well, I think. Um, so I love that tip. 
appreciate people that you're talking to. Right. And yeah, yeah it's, it's funny that you say that that people don't ask how how each other is doing. I, I think that spiked in, in kind of a nice, positive way during COVID. Because well, it's not, yeah. Well, it's not that they don't ask about it, but it's more beyond you know, that. Yeah. Oh, so, like, yeah. 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 I, I, that, uh, yeah. The thing that I noticed during COVID is people would say, how are you doing? You know, you know, I mean, like, yeah. really, really, right. you know, how are you? You know, right. uh, because right. the stakes were higher. But yeah, maybe there was a certain maybe there's a certain level of relief now that the stakes aren't as high. And now you can be more casual about it. Yeah. <laughs> and, right. and listen less. Yeah. That's a right. that's a interesting yeah. point. So it's actually making it's like the art of small talk again or the art of conversation. I guess it's beyond yeah. small talk. Yes. So, yes. Yes. Anyway, well, I have really appreciated our time together, Pete, and I have felt that it's been extremely educational, and I have learned some things, and I hope our listeners have as well, which I think they will have. So I really appreciate your time today, and I just want to thank you. Well, thank you. This was a blast. Thanks for listening to the Ingenious Podcast. If you like this podcast, please leave us a rating or a review wherever you listen. Visit the show notes for this episode and all episodes at ingenuitymarketing.com forward slash podcast.